Remember when your parents started to first trust you? I mean, when you're a little kid, boy, you're always in eyesight. Where you been? Where you going? How long you gonna be there? You know, remember uh, when they let you drive the car alone for the first time? Off you go, no parent in the front seat. Are you still driving around with a parent? I don't know, maybe you are, but yeah. Or how about this? You take off in the car and you come home and your parents are in bed. You know, as opposed to in the kitchen, wondering how your night went. And then looking in the garage to see the shape of the car. Anybody? Anybody remember those days? This whole process of learning. Lots of signs of trust, my friends. Lots of ways if you're trusted. You know, but then, you know, in the opposite of that, there's lots of ways to demonstrate a lack of trust. And that is also true when it comes to our relationship with God. Perhaps there are, there are areas of your life that you are just not willing to turn over to God. You're just not willing to trust him. You're going to manage that stuff on your own. The Sundays, Jesus can have the mornings, but I got Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Well, today we're going to read a passage full of people that we have already read about, and we're going to see that it seems that none of them have any faith in Christ or in, in the Lord at all. Though they have seen his goodness, his blessing, they have even heard his words. They don't have a whole lot of faith. And so this morning we're going to discover three signs that you don't trust the Lord. Your faith is about a spoonful deep. Three signs you're not trusting the Lord. The first we find in verses 1 to 4. The first we find in verses 1 to 4. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see. That's a clever way to say he's blind. What's going on, man? Somebody's listened to the sermon already. <laughs> Very good. So here, so Isaac is now old and he's blind, okay? I mean, the Bible puts it, his eyes are dim, but he can't see anything. So Isaac is old and he is blind. Apparently those things go together. Last appointment with an eye doctor, I was telling him about troubles with my eyes, and he says, Dave, you're old. <laughs> Let me write that down, Doc. I wasn't aware of that. or something. Mike, aren't we? I am so sorry about that. We have made steps, but I'll do the best I can to stick home here, okay? Very good. And so he is old and he cannot see, and uh, he called Esau, his oldest son, and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here I am. And he said, Behold, I am old. I don't know if that was poetry or not, but I do not know the day of my death. Well, which is true for all of us. Now then, take your weapons and your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me and prepare for me delicious food such as I love. It says it. It's right there in the Bible. And, and it's not the last time he's going to say that either. And bring it to me so that I might eat and that my soul may bless you before I die. And so... Isaac has expressed his intent 
to bless Esau instead of Jacob. Now that's a problem, isn't it? Because in chapter 25, in verses 22 to 23, remember when, when Rebekah was pregnant, you know, and she was having troubles, and, and she says, you know, if this is of God, why am I having so much trouble? And the Lord said to her, the children struggle together. He says, if it's, if it's thus, why is it happening? So she went to inquire of the Lord, verse 23, and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. Well, that's not the way we do it here, Lord. Well, it's the way the Lord is going to do it. The younger, which would be Jacob, would be blessed over Esau. But apparently Isaac didn't agree, so he made the decision, go haunt Bring me back a nice meal. We'll eat it together, and then I'm going to bless you. That's a problem, my friends. Because when you don't trust the Lord, you don't do what he says. Sign number one is obedience. Faith and obedience walk hand in hand. You cannot say that you are trusting the Lord and disregarding his word. You can't do it. Well, you can say that, my friends, but it's not true. And so Isaac is old and blind and apparently blinded in some other areas because his plan is to go against God and to bless Esau. Well, sign number two we find here in verses 5 to 36. That's a big segment, and I'll tell you, it reads like Esau's fables. I'll tell you, it's a weird, weird story. <clears throat> but sign number two is you manipulate others to get what you want. That is a lack of faith, my friends, when you feel like you got to wheel and deal and move people around to get whatever you want, as opposed to trusting God to provide for what you need. And so here in verses uh, uh, 5 to 10, we see that a plot is conceived by Rebecca. Now, Rebecca was told that the younger, you know, the older is going to serve the younger, that God's blessing is going to be on Jacob, whom we will later known as a, when his name is changed to Israel. See the, see the connection there, friends? Yeah. Now, Rebecca, notice verse 5, was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau. And so when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and to bring it, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare me delicious food that I might eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I might prepare from them delicious food for your father such as he loves. Hmm. Wow. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. Now, how's that for a plan? I mean, he's blind, right? Just go in there and don't say much, you know, feeding the food, get the blessing and get out of there. Well, Jacob didn't think it was such a great idea either. He'll notice... <laughs> Here in verse 11, but Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, behold, 
My brother Esau's a hairy man, and I'm a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to, to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. You see, you may recall the birth of these two boys, you know, that uh, Esau came out, you know, all hairy and matted and like a goat, you know. It was, uh, and you hold on to that word. Yeah, so, so Esau is just a man of the field, you know, apparently didn't shave much and, and smelled like it. And you'll see that in just a moment. His mother said to him, look, let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go bring them to me. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother. And his mother prepared delicious food, such as his father loved. Apparently had a reputation about the table there. Yeah, such as his father loved. Wow. Verse 18, then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older, brother, older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So she dresses him up like her older brother, puts the, his clothes on him, and then covers his hands with goat fur. I want you to just think about that and internally go, <laughs> because I know I did. <laughs> and in he goes. Is this not the most ridiculous thing? The, the lengths that people will go to who don't trust in God. As if God is not able to bless the one he chose to bless. Like somehow God's going to be fooled by the whole endeavor. So in he went to his father, verse 18, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game that your soul may bless me. And this is like the story of Robin Hood. You remember, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Little Red Robin. <laughs> I literally wrote Red Robin Hood. <laughs> a little conflation of stories. Remember, she, uh, she comes home after a walk in the park, and there's Grandma. My Grandma, what big ears you have. <laughs> oh, the better to hear you, my dear. And Grandma, what a big nose you have. The better to smell you with. I don't know. What big teeth. The better to eat you with. You know? Anybody remember that story? Yeah, I could tell it to you if you... <laughs> hey, go home and look it up. You got Google, right? <laughs> and so there is Jacob, and he goes into his father. And he's all dressed up. But look at here in verse 29. We see that... Uh, that Isaac has some serious reluctance to this whole story. Look at verse 20. But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have found this so quickly? Test of time. I mean, your hunting trips usually take a little longer. What's going on here? That was pretty quick. And here is Jacob. Well, because the Lord has granted me success. 
Well, I'll tell you, if you're going to lie, don't bring the Lord in on it. I'll tell you what, friends, that's just a bad idea from the get-go. And then we have the test of touch. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come near me that I might feel you, my son, to know that you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, the voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau, goat-like. Astounding. So he blessed him. Apparently it worked. Being sneaky and schemy, hey, maybe not a bad strategy, huh? <laughs> oh, heavens. And then comes the test of truth. And he says, are you really my son Esau? And he answered, I am. And he said, bring it near to me that I might eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Imagine, he's doing this to his father, by the way. Amazing. And then comes the test of smell. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. Apparently that was a good thing. And Isaac now blesses Jacob. May God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine and let people serve you and nations bow down to you and be lord over your brothers and may your mother's son bow down to you cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you that sounds familiar doesn't it yeah what's going on here is the abrahamic blessing that god had given to abraham was passed on to isaac and is now being passed down to Jacob. Now let's remember this little scheme here. It's not whether or not Isaac blesses Jacob or Esau. The blessing is a matter of what God chooses to do. So all this sneaking around is silly because God's going to do what God will do regardless of what you and I do. Isaac's job was to act in accordance to God's blessing, which is, of course, what he did not do. But what really matters in this event is that Rebekah and Jacob think that they can manipulate God by tricking Isaac. Imagine the silliness. Friend, that's a lack of faith. What they had forgotten is that you can be sure that your sin will find you out. That's from uh, Numbers 32.23. Something my mother reminded me of often. Be sure your sin will find you out. And it's absolutely true. You may think you get away with something, my friends, but you won't. Be sure your sin will find you out, as the Lord will one day tell Israel. And sure enough, they're caught in their deception. Deception. 
just as you would hope they would be. How dare they do this to their husband and father? Good heavens. But you know what? Here comes the, uh, the third uh, evidence, my friends, that you're not trusting the Lord, is that you live like the ends justify the means. Well, the Lord wanted this to happen anyway. We just helped him out a little bit. So that's okay, right? A little lie, a little story, a little evidence laid out in the open to cause them. To... I mean, what's the difference, you know? I mean, maybe that could be a really good strategy of evangelism. We could lie people into the kingdom, you know? We could tell them a story that's not true and get them to try. You see how ridiculous this is, my friends? It is absolutely ridiculous. It is certainly evidence, my friends, that there is a lack of faith going on here. But you will notice in verse 30, Esau returns at the very same moment that Jacob leaves. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from his presence, the presence of Isaac, his father, Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. And he also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game that you may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, And who are you? Hmm. And who are you? And he answered, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Isaac realized that he had been deceived. Look at verse 33. Then Isaac trembled. I wonder about this trembling. Was it guilt? Was it the realization that he knew the right thing to do but planned not to do it? And perhaps all of these circumstances came together to shine a light on his disobedience. But there he is, trembling nonetheless. And you will notice that Isaac trembled not just a little bit, but very violently and said, Well, who was it that hunted game and brought it to me and I ate it all before you came and I have blessed him? And yes, he shall be blessed. And then here's poor innocent Esau crying out in anguish hoping for a blessing. And as soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau, hoping for a blessing, is now recognizing that he was cheated once again. Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? Remember the name Jacob? It means supplanter. And that means to take another person's place through force or scheming or strategy. Remember, he got that name from birth. He was the second out of the womb as a twin, holding on to his brother's heel as though he was trying to get out first. And he has certainly lived up to his name. Well, my friends, 
Esau says, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Well, it's hard not to feel badly for Esau. But remember, remember the events? He had come in after hunting, and he was all so hungry. Apparently he had not killed anything to eat. And he said, get me some of that stew. You know, just a bowl. I mean, you know, not a big one, just because I'm really hungry. And Jacob said, give me your, your, your birthright. Okay. Just like that. Over a bowl of soup, my friends, he despised his, birth, despised his birthright, selling it for a bowl of soup. And he had disqualified himself from the blessing by marrying a foreign woman. Remember this blessing is a line, a genealogy that is going all the way to Christ. And now he had allowed a foreigner into the family, something his mother was terrified that Jacob would do. And ultimately we'll see she sends him away to make sure that happens. And so here is Esau crying out in anguish and Isaac trembling violently. No faith in this household. And you know what? Isaac has become a warning to all, or Esau has become a warning to all of us. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 15 to 17, the writer of Hebrews says, See to it that no one is sexually immoral and holy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. He had given up his right his blessing for something in the immediate. And that is a dangerous thing, my friends, to, to trade the eternal from the, for the immediate. Because the things we long for now are not worthy of giving up the things that we will have in all eternity. And Esau is a warning, a warning to us here today. And so Esau pleads for some blessing. Surely, he says, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Is there nothing left? And Isaac answers and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you and all his brothers, and I have given to him for servants, and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, son? And Esau said to his father, have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac, his father, answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. But your sword you shall, or by your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. 
Not much of a blessing there, my friend. Not much of a blessing, true nonetheless. And here, my friends, the third and final sign. Fourth, I'm sorry. That there isn't any faith going on in your world is you decide to take justice into your own hands. Look at verse 41. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Dude's a real class act here, isn't he? It's hard to feel sorry for that guy. So he hates Jacob for his deception. And it's hard not to. Jacob doesn't come across as a stand-up guy in any way. But notice here in verse 42, Rebecca, who apparently listens in on all the conversations going on, even the one between Esau and himself. <laughs> but the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebecca. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. So Rebecca tells Jacob to flee. Now, therefore, my son, verse 43, obey my voice. Yeah, that worked out so well the last time. Arise and flee to Laban, my brother, in Haran, and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. What you have done, not we. I didn't hear a we in that, did you? Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be reft of you both in one day? And then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite woman. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life to be for me, or my life to be? And so she sends him away. Now, we, we gather next week. We get to see the, uh, the lesson. And the lesson is this. That people who forget, who don't trust God, forget that we reap what we sow. You will reap what you sow. You get the idea, right? You go out into the field and you plant pumpkins. You know what's not going to grow there? Corn. If you plant pumpkins, you get pumpkins. My friends, if you sow sin, you will reap death. You cannot deny it. People who don't trust in the Lord forget such things. And we're going to see that Jacob gets back at him tenfold what he gave. So we come back next week. Feel free to read ahead. You're always welcome to read more of the Bible than what we talk about. As a matter of fact, you're encouraged to do just that. But let's wrap this stuff up, my friends. Sermon in a sentence. The scheming of how he acted. It was his sovereign choice. So stop scheming. He has called you to be faithful and trusting.
I know this my sin. Your sin will find you in the dark, will be revealed in the light. Don't fool yourself. And then I ask you this. Is there, if someone in life follow you around and look at the activities of this past week, perhaps, is there enough to just talk and straight? Then we put this stuff into practice, my friends. Why don't we start with prayer? You know, with timer. You set it on a Wednesday clock, on your watch, on your wall, and it becomes time to pray. And you, and you talk to him doing. And you start with prayer. And how about look, taking a look at obedience? One of those big signs that I'm trusting God, friends, is how you treat him, his word. God is placed in your life. James, that's the picture. How can you say you're a person of faith? Respond with word. It comes to you action. Let's be people of faith. Let's take this warning of this and manipulate our way into God's blessing.